like you don't really need to have that virginity because how do you fucking show it? They're gonna spray some like fake blood and then make it very dramatic for like virgin boys who don't know how women body work. Welcome back to Berlin Midnight Meows. Content warning, there's a lot of butts related content in this episode. So if you're very sensitive, I don't know, in a positive way or in a negative way, just be ready or maybe this is not the best episode for you. You can still get off the train now, it's not too late. As you also know, this podcast is still pretty much a new thing, a new experience to me. I'm not actively promoting this because I also kind of find it embarrassing to say it. Every now and then when I listen to the final audio, I'm still a bit like, let's not publish this. This is so bad. No one's going to listen to this. I'm not saying this to just, you know, make you pity me and then stay to listen to the rest. I really have these thoughts every time before I publish the new episode. I don't know whether it's just insecurity or you just too much in your own world. I don't know. Like that's still how I feel from time to time. Many people were kind of shocked that this is a monologue. Normally, if you do this kind of talk shows, you at least have two people, right? You don't need to try very hard to keep up with this high energy. While if you do it alone, you become very self-conscious of what you say. But at the same time, when I hear the recording, I'm like, huh, I was trying to make a joke. But then in the end, it sounded like I was being completely serious about it. I have a full-time job. Outside of my regular job, I really wanted to do something that I don't have to involve anyone. I think I work well in a team slash group setting. I know exactly what skills are needed in that kind of environment. But at the same time, I also get tired of having to make so many compromises always having to look around to feel the atmosphere the room you always need to be very careful of what's happening around you at my regular job it's mostly group projects which i also enjoy before i started working officially I started a lot of tiny projects myself. This tiny film publication thing I did. Also the vintage shop, I didn't do it alone. I did it with a friend. Also some events. And I must say, it makes a lot of sense to do many, many things with a group of people that share the same thoughts or the same goal with you. It's also more efficient than doing everything by yourself. Now I'm making this podcast myself. I'm definitely not a pro in audio editing. I also hate marketing. I hate marketing, really. When I opened the Instagram account for promoting shit, I was already, oh my God, just kill me. I just hate thinking in people's shoes, but not in a sense of overall ideas. Really like what would make people like this post. Also the algorithm you have to think of. I used to do this a lot in the Facebook time. I was an admin of like five pages probably at the same time. After that, maybe I just got overwhelmed by this. Even recording, I'm just learning how to do it. I still have some stupid technical issues that was just caused by my own carelessness. And then it's not revertible, which is, again, fine. If you do everything by yourself, then to a certain extent, you also have to accept that you can't be a pro at everything. 
in a group setting, it's more like democracy. Not everyone thinks the same, and probably you would need to listen to the majority. While if you solo, it's not so much about looking out, but looking in, like really looking into myself. Actually, through all these recording and editing sessions, I feel like I know better how others actually see me, and just really being so close to your own voice. That used to be something I hated a lot. Even in my mother tongue, Cantonese, probably almost ten years ago, I did an internship that I had to make audio books. I have something scripted and I have to read it out. It sounds always shit, really, really shit. I can't really do any performance. It's very cringy. Doing this podcast is like another level. It's like a very uncomfortable zone, right? Already recording my voice. On top of this, I had to speak my third language. Now it's not scripted. I improvise and just talk, and it's one person. Things are recorded. It's not like in a meeting. No one's gonna remember every single detail or like your pronunciation, your intonation, everything. It's a crazy mix of everything. I find pretty challenging. I mean, you are here. It's not the first episode anymore. I wonder if any of you had this thought of why is she doing this in English? She's clearly not a native English speaker. Which is true. The reason is, you think I have a choice? That's the only language I can speak here in order to reach people that I want to reach. <coughs> Many people, if they're not native speaker and they still perform in English, a lot of times, let's say at least on YouTube, like what I saw a lot in the Taiwan YouTube world, is that. People normally are either English teachers or they are just enthusiastic in this language. It really comes with all the cultural influence and the interest. If you like English, then you would consume a lot of TV dramas, films, pop culture stuff in English. But for me, it's not the case. I hated English so fucking much. In Hong Kong, we start learning English really early on. Normally in kindergarten already, but still very textbooky. You don't really learn how to speak English. You learn the grammar. You learn how to do well in an English exam. Even in the university time, if if you count the years, I had already been learning English for more than fifteen years when I was in university. Right? I was not comfortable at all. I was also not fluent. I can read a lot, but ooh, my friends somehow all of them spoke really good English. So they also hung out a lot. I talked like I was not in it. No, like we hung out quite a bit with the international students, also in the dorm. When I see the like the international students joining us, I was always like, oh please, I don't want to speak that language. It had nothing to do with the people. They were nice, and it was also fun hanging out with them. It was just very challenging for me. I just want to finish my degree in English and use English as least as possible in my life. And look what I'm doing now.、Uh, but yeah, back then I was more like a Chinese literature person, so I was definitely a language person. I could write novels, poems, all this kind of more difficult, complex formats in Chinese. While when I switched to English, the only thing I could do was probably my cover letter for a job application. I I don't have this capability to play around with the language. It's a lot about the nuances, many things that you have to read between the lines. You can't just 
learn this kind of exam language and be able to understand all the slangs you see in some dramas and shit. I also wanted to be a reporter at some point, and it was a waste of time to learn other languages. Till now, I feel like I still think a little bit like this. When it comes to German, then English becomes my comfort zone. So shouldn't I spend more time on improving my English instead of starting something that would take me even longer to get to the ideal level? So yeah, just no choice, you know. Like if not English, the second choice would be German, which is like even worse. Maybe at some point I want to speak a little bit German here. It's it's still scary, and I feel most comfortable to speak German with the doctors or like just people at the shops. That's also like an ego thing that you don't want to look stupid. So for me, it's always easier to let go of myself, let go of my clumsiness in front of people who just know me as a little bit clumsy customer who speaks broken German. That's completely okay because they don't know me, and that's also why. Just coming back to what I. Did I mention this? Sometimes I just lost my own thread. Ah,、uh, yeah, I don't want to be famous because I actually don't want to increase the number of people who know me. Because that means when I show my clumsy side, let's say when I struggle at the pharmacy, just telling the pharmacist, "Hey, I want to get this suppository for my hemorrhoids." That kind of moment, I don't want it to be witnessed by two people that I don't know them, but they know me. Of course, it's not something I can completely avoid, but I want to lower the likelihood. I'm not so embarrassed about my hemorrhoids because I've told so many people about this, people I know or strangers. So it's not really a secret anymore, but more like the interactions between me and the pharmacist when they give me the suppository or any blood medication, they always look a little bit worried. And then they they would ask this question in a very careful way, like, "Do I need to explain to you how it works?" Actually, that's not the most clumsy moment, probably. Honestly, I know this suppository or whatever butt cream so well. Can I actually say this as a life hack thing? My hemorrhoids knowledge. Is definitely way more than my German language level. I think I'm like C two or like postdoc in hemorrhoids. Not even from the doctor's angle. Of course, they know it much much better from a third person perspective. But I know it the best from the first person perspective. Let's just talk about the suppository. I always get the kind that looks like a bullet, so it's easier to put it in. That you don't have to put the cream on your fingertip and it go all the way into your butt. I'm sure some people enjoy that, but I don't. I'm fine. Just to tell you, if you don't want to get your fingers that dirty, get the bullet kind. Definitely, they look very hard. When it touches your warm butthole, it just melts. Not like suddenly, more like slowly. You have to figure out the angle a little bit as well. Because sometimes it's not that hard, but if you have a wound inside. Then it would also hurt if you just point it against your wound, right? So you have to feel it a little bit. Don't force it too much. Just slide it in. It will do the job.、Uh, there are two kinds of suppository as well. One is more like the cream. It's more like the cream that loop your butthole up. It's softer. First of all, when you hold it, it's already melting pretty fast. It's not really doing anything, but just to give your butthole a layer of protection. 
So it makes more sense to do it before you shit. When the shit comes out, you have this layer of protection that can still, you know, back you up a little bit. While the other kind is more like healing. Of course, it's also a layer of protection, but it's not as creamy as the cream. You would also feel a little bit cold with it. I think there's a little bit alcohol inside. That's why, yeah, you're not gonna get high, okay? It's not gonna give you the anal sex feeling, not that great. But if you bled, then it just helps you feel better. It makes more sense to do it after you shit. And if you feel any pain, just do it afterwards. I haven't finished the story about hanging out with my international university friends back then. When you lived in a dorm, it's so obvious who are the extroverts, who are the introverts. I clearly wasn't that kind of people that, let's say, it doesn't cost them that much energy to be around new people, new friends. Studying in Hong Kong was not so much like partying, was really like studying. Speaking of my own university life, I was not studying that much. I definitely skipped a lot of lectures, didn't do most of my homework myself, all these things. But then it's not like full of alcohol, drugs, weed, like here. This is so common, right? In Berlin, I don't think I know a single person that did not take at least some party drugs when they were studying. The fact that you even make tears for drugs like party drugs or like the hardcore drugs already speaks something. I mean, it also depends what schools you went to. Yeah, Hong Kong, funny, it's an international city, but then the foreigners are not so connected to the locals. So not like here. There are still many people that are like xenophobic, racist, whatever. I think the immigrants or like people from different backgrounds are still more integrated. That's why more fights, more disputes, and more conflicts, right? Because in Hong Kong, the rich expats, white people, I mean, it doesn't have to be white. I think more like the English-speaking people, they hang out in their group and very much also only in specific areas. In the university as well, there were a lot of student dorms, basically mainly Hong Kongers. Ours was pretty international. Only one third was born and raised in Hong Kong. So we hung out with students from other places. I played lots of board games. We also played mahjong in English. That was pretty much my nightmare because they were so good. All these international students, they came all the way to Hong Kong to study. I've never seen anyone that was not like elite. So they were so good at everything. Same as Mahjong. And I was so bad. I only know like you just have to get the three pieces of the same looking stuff. Reminds me a lot of non-Asian people asking me when we had dinner the first time together. They would ask me if they're holding chopsticks correctly. I was like, I don't know either. I'm also holding them wrong. You actually look more correct than me. I know so many people, like Asian people, who cannot hold their chopsticks properly. I am definitely incorrect, but I think I'm more like the mainstream incorrect. I don't really stand out so much. Some people are just really extreme. You like looking at them seriously. After eating with chopsticks for more than 10, 20 years, is that really how you hold them? 
So just don't expect Asian people would always have the model answer for all the so-called Asian questions. That's not the case. There was something that I found in pretty 2010. I wasn't sure if it's still a thing or it's just because I'm still using Hotmail. I can't tell. I still receive a lot of pretty interesting spam emails all the time. Recently, there's like a new template because from time to time, it also evolves uh, the spam template. In the past, it was more like this kind of you want like one million US dollars. So you have to click this link to to get the money, something like that. Later, it became something like I need help from you. I am stuck in somewhere having some problems. And again, send me money to this account. It's not much, but you're going to save my life. Recently, I'm pretty sure this is a trend because I've received at least five emails with the exact same narrative, which is very fun to read. I must admit, it's really, really fun. <laughs> uh, so from time to time, you can see different spammers. They change a little bit the title. They adapt a little bit the details to have a little bit personal characters. And this one was fun. It's under the title of it could happen to you. So here's what the person said. Hi there, I had full access to your devices. In addition, I've been secretly monitoring all your activities and watching you for several days. That means I can see absolutely everything on your screen, turn on your camera and microphone at any time without your permission. In addition, I can assess and see your confidential information as well as your emails and messages. I've made a video compilation which shows the scenes of you happily masturbating and blah, blah, blah. The rest is like asking for money. Just and, and very 2020, um, 2023 thing. That is this person is asking for Bitcoin, like Bitcoin equivalent of 760 US dollar. Uh, so it's a Bitcoin address that I think if it was an old lady who received this, the chance of her understanding this, the chance of her perfectly executing the instructions in this email is actually pretty low. It even has like a deadline here, like you have to make the transfer within 40 hours. So this person is being more effective than some of my colleagues. Uh, well, well. No, uh, I'm just joking. I'm going to take this back right now. I almost forgot how small the city is. And it's actually not unlikely that you just have me recommended to you on your LinkedIn. That's all possible. So no, all my colleagues are totally competent, efficient. They're the best people in the world. For real, like no joke. Yeah, sometimes you guys have to tell the difference between me trying to be sarcastic and serious. And right now I'm very serious and genuine. I work at one of the best companies in Germany. The whole email is written pretty nicely, at least not like many of the others with loads of spelling mistakes or like some were obviously translated from other languages and super broken sentences. This person did well in the writing part. In order to make you trust them, just believe that it's a real threat, they attach two pictures as an evidence. One picture, it's like a Caucasian-looking body holding a pinkish dick. And the other picture is the, a very hairy guy, just a guy who was coming. So 
I don't understand the idea. I mean, of course, the face of the guy is not super recognizable. But I think there are not so many people that look like this, right? And I obviously don't look like that. Follow up is I've reported this email because it has two attachments. Normally, Hotmail does this. I think same for Gmail. Like it shows a tiny preview on the overview page. So I was annoyed by the fact that what if I was just I don't know showing something to someone. And then I was somehow going on the junk box, and then people see this coming man. I can definitely explain that, but the thing is, I don't want to spend all this time to explain. Like, oh yeah, this person is not me. I I just don't want to get into a conversation like this. So the way this person attached the coming and masturbating pictures just annoyed me a little bit. So I reported this to Hotmail slash Outlook. I think that's their official name, whatever. <laughs> Some outdated shit. I have had this email address since two thousand and two, so it's definitely not my only email. I'm kind of lazy to move everything to another one, so I just have several emails that I I use for different things of different levels of importance. This email address. Being around on the internet for more than twenty years, actually, you can imagine how many websites this is exposed to. That's why I get so many spam emails. So I reported this email to Outlook, thinking they're gonna do something. And the first action they took was to send a copy to my main inbox. Basically, they were just trying to tell me, "Yes, we're on it, and here is a copy of your complaint." And it's in my main inbox, like the front page of my Hotmail account. So when I log into my account, the first thing I'm gonna see is the pink deck and the coming face. <coughs> uh, because I get this all the time, I do think a lot about this. Like maybe they could actually do this, and maybe amongst all these fifty emails I've received about the same topic, there was one that was for real. Having the control over all my device cameras and stuff, and actually recording everything when I masturbate—it's like, what about that? But then I was like, if you are watching someone masturbate from this front camera angle of either your phone or your laptop, I think you can imagine how unsexy it is, right? It's not gonna be the perfect angle, like what we see in porns and such. That's like a perfectly set up camera that captures the whole thing. Also, the person will be wearing some sexy stuff, some really nice looking bras or whatever. I think on porn sites, I've only seen the women masturbating videos, not so much a man ones, because I'm not so into that. The person will be wearing very nice makeup and stuff. They could just put on some clothes and then easily go to I don't know, go to work, go to conference, and like for some girls, maybe they can like go on the stage and dance like an idol. That would also work. The only difference is they are naked. When you actually masturbate, the most authentic scenario is that you are probably in your pajama. You are about to sleep. So you're looking fucking tired. You must be with your bare face, no makeup. You just wash your face, just brush your teeth. You just wanna finish this last step of this day, and then you wanna go to bed. This angle is most of the time really shit. Many people also do it without big lights on, so probably very dark. 
and many people, you don't take off all the clothes when you masturbate. You just put your fucking hands into your pants. It's just not that sexy. Also, this porn website world is so fucking damn big. I feel like for the same video, it could be on so many websites I don't know, like so many unknown porn websites. I feel like they change their domain all the time as well. It's such a unordered world. So even if yeah, let's say they have a video of me and then they spread it somewhere, I might actually in my whole life never get to watch that video. I can never find this out, and they just make some money out of it. Thinking about this, I'm more like instead of fear, I'm more like, bitch. If that already happened, give me my money back. You know, Germany. It's a very strict country when it comes to copyrights and intellectual properties. Even for like a five-second voice recording, you have all the rights to charge money or like ask the third party to take it down or whatever. It usually comes with an unlimited period. That also brings me to another question: How much would they get with like a fapping video? You know, like in such quality, there's no lighting and such. You're wearing some shitty pajamas. I don't really wear that kind of like Hello Kitty shit anymore that I used to have in Hong Kong. I I also wouldn't mind wearing them. They are just too old. But still, nothing is that cool. So that day. I was just like thinking about this very, very deep question, right? Sometimes I'm pretty proud, like how much time I spend on thinking about all this kind of stuff. I'm a person that suffers from insomnia. When the doctors or like the therapists ask me, "What do you think when you cannot fall asleep?" Actually, I don't mind telling them. I just didn't want to shock them, so I would just tell them, "Yeah, like everything, like work." Um, what do I need to do tomorrow? Sometimes even like groceries or like what to eat tomorrow. Uh, how many hours I can sleep? I didn't tell them. Is that yeah? Sometimes I just think of this kind of like random things. Like how much money would I get from selling my own porn? Like or like just masturbating video. I just can't stop thinking them. That's also why they just keep me awake all the time. Just one day this week, I was just thinking about the same thing. So I asked my partner this "Would you rather" question. Stop scratching. Hey, what? What do you want? Come here. <laughs> okay, a tiny distraction, but I get uh, now I'm back. So I asked him, "Would you rather lose 10k or getting your fapping video leaked?" He told me it would be worse if they leak what I fab to. That really triggered my curiosity. I was like, "What do you normally fab to that makes you have this concern? Is that some really kinky stuff?" Because he always told me a lot of fetish, like the weirdest fetish you can ever imagine on the internet. I don't even know how he got to know that. For example, I forgot the name already. I have to ask him. But I think we can have another episode talking about this. There are lots of terminology that I just can't follow anymore. There is a fetish that men enjoy、uh, having their dick or even balls、uh, stabbed by a woman wearing high heels, something like that. I also watched your video. It looks so fucking damn painful. I'm normally pretty resilient to very weird things,、um, but that was also to me.、Mm. Okay.
Yeah, so he said, nah, it's just like some hentai stuff. Hentai is like basically pawns in the Japanese animation style. You can say it another way around. It's basically just like the Japanese animation, often with plots and stuff. But then the characters, they fuck, they do pawn things, basically. To me, it's not something that is very shameful. I can imagine people don't understand. But I also think, honestly, low-key many people are doing this. If someone laughs at you fapping to hentai, you could even shame them for uh, not respecting this culture or just being too boomer to understand this. Like young people, we all do this. I don't know. I, I don't think it's true, but yeah. Um, if there's a camera that's from behind, so it captures what I fab to, but also another camera from the front that also captures how I look when I fab. I think that's pretty okay. I actually look very much like just watching another YouTube video when I fab. <laughs> like, because I always focus a lot on the plot. I fast forward a lot, skip a lot. I actually don't like the close-up of genitals, so I always skip those parts. But I like the stories. I'm that kind of people that would be angry if the acting skill is shit. In order to really be immersed, I really need the actors to act well if the plot is boring. Normally, I can't even get to the sex scene. Like I would have already closed before that because I, I just can't stand this. I, I need some drama, some climax, some just like good plots writing. Like they need to have a good writer. That's really something very important that I have to scream to the people who make porn. Do you guys know how important the plot is? Watching porn is a lot about mental stimulation. It's not just about rubbing your clits or whatever, or your dick. Your brain has to come as well. So please, write better plots. Don't write something that's so obvious. It's a form of art, just like making like a film. So please take it more seriously, people. I know you guys might have also dreams of becoming an art film director or so. Please just take that passion with you and just carry on. So like uh, coming back to that would you rather question. The other thing we talked about was if we could actually sell this kind of fapping videos for 10k. Nowadays, how do you distribute porn? I think if that was captured by the front camera with that quality, I, I would call this like kind of like indie porn, right? <laughs> like, yeah, just not produced by big companies. And he asked me if OnlyFans is also like indie. I think so. Just like thinking of this very decentralized production and you pretty much do everything like from thinking of the ideas like the costume you would wear, the roles, like all kinds of plays and some props and filming and editing. That's all done by you and Max, like just some people in a very small group. So I was like, yeah, probably. And normally, how would you do it if you just freshly debuted? You don't have connection and people don't know you. How do they calculate how much your video is worth? Also, I just feel like nowadays, just like making YouTube videos, if you're nobody, you would just post it on somewhere you don't make any money, right? Because no one's going to buy from you. How do you reach out to people that are like screening this and how would they pay you? 
this is something that I'm actually really curious to know. So yeah, please tell me if you know someone who works in this publishing industry for porn. My partner said you could probably do it. Like your video would definitely be more expensive than mine. And I was like, uh, yeah. Well, it depends. I guess this Asian woman things could still be profitable somewhere, especially in the West. But then it's also like a niche market. But coming back to this Asian food analogy, I feel like when people order Asian food here, they kind of expect everything to be in a full package. Because in Hong Kong, many restaurants they they want to look more Western, so you would have more mix and match like this. Because you don't have to try very hard to explain to people, hey, this is very authentic Hong Kong food, like all in capital letter. People not trying to put all the dim sum, Bruce Lee, and then put a lot of Chinese writing on the wall that nothing is grammatically correct. You don't see people doing this kind of stuff in Hong Kong. I also imagine the same for porn. That if you like Asian woman, apart from adding more diversity, it's probably gonna be a lot like ah、oh, Asian women in Japanese high school uniform. I I think they would try to do it like this. Another way to really make your debut as a porn star would be in Japan. I guess the the industry is more developed, but I think you have to speak Japanese. But I mean, not always a big must. I heard that they have a evaluation system that could assess how much you are worth. Basically, I mean, I say it in a very objectifying way, but yeah, that's how it is in this industry. I guess I just realized, shit, I'm too old for this. Because normally, I know that the people who started their career when they were like eighteen or twenty, that would be the best for them because they could always market you as a virgin. It doesn't matter, you know. It's Like you don't really need to have that virginity because how do you fucking show it? They're gonna spray some like fake blood and then make it very dramatic for like virgin boys who don't know how women body work. But it doesn't matter. It's just about the age. Like freshly graduated from high school and now joining this industry, the advertisement, the tagline, always like that. So I was like, I'm already too old for this. I'm just curious, how much would they pay me? How does the contract look? I I was just like thinking of all these things, trying to answer the would you rather question myself. I think I would rather have my fapping video leak. I don't think I mind that much. This video, if it actually really got leaked, it wouldn't have that many clicks. I'm pretty sure. There's not so much you can see for real. At least I'm not that kind that is very expressive that I touch my whole body while fapping. So it's pretty boring. It's probably just me really sitting there looking very focused. So yeah, go ahead and lick it. I I don't mind. I really don't mind. I just hope you guys at least send me the link so I can see how it looks. I would also be angry if they actually can make money with that shitty video. I would be like, "What the fuck? Let me do it myself. Let me leak my fapping video myself, please." If this is actually making any money, I guess that's what I'm gonna do when I'm unemployed again. Hopefully not. Please don't make me a full-time podcaster. I don't want this. Let me do my boring full-time office job. I'm good with that. Yeah, that's all of this episode because we already had our life hack. I feel like it's less meaningful than before. 
But it's fine. I just want to pretty much capture what I'm thinking sometimes. If you're not listening to this because you know me or you're my friend, write me, write me something that I will have something to read in the podcast. It's just one person doing this, okay? It's really hard. It's way harder than doing it with a friend. I had invited my partner to do this with me. He just didn't give a fuck. He was like, I don't want to do that. He has more important things to do. Honestly, he also doesn't want to work with me. What he openly said many times. So uh, that's why I am in the end doing this alone. Eventually, maybe I will force him. Recently, I've already found a way to threaten him, which is to share the Instagram posts of a Japanese kawaii girl he has been following to his story because his Instagram profile is like this kind of like artsy um, intellectual this kind of vibe it's like full of posts and stories about art events and such so I was like I'm gonna unlock your phone and share this to your story when you're asleep yes that's all have a nice evening and See you next time.